0: Now, on this Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions.
1: Hey, this is Duncan from New York. Again, love your podcast. You guys do a great job. My question is, what was one major
2: lesson in your career where you learned a lot?
0: And provides unbiased answers.
2: Okay, I'll tell you my worst mistake I ever made.
0: Talk, over 29 million downloads and counting.
3: And I was wondering, from your standpoint, is there a downside in buying fractional shares versus whole shares?
0: Your participation makes it unique.
3: Eight eight eight
4: ninety nine 99 This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, February 16th, 2021. And on today's program and podcast, we will operate with the mission statement that we talk about every day. Sorry, excuse me, independent thinking and shared success. So now that is our assurance that our marketing reporting, our process explanations, our educational segments, and our stock commentary will all be presented without a bias. We give you the facts. We do our best to provide the facts. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, we encourage you to contact us with your finance and investment questions. We want to hear from you. Yes, you get to shape the program. You drive it. They've been driving it for 20-plus years, 21-plus years. You drive the program wherever you want it to go. As long as it's a financial, I'll let you drive. Stay financial, you're in charge. So, you can call right now. You can interact with us right now. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, every Monday through Friday. Or you can leave questions anytime on our Invest Talk Voice Bank when we're not live. And the number never changes, it stays the same 888 99 chart. Okay, so let's get right to our first listener question.
3: Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Ray from Illinois. Very much appreciate the podcast and everything you teach your listeners. I have a question about fractional shares. A lot of the online brokers are advertising fractional shares. And I was wondering, from your standpoint, is there a downside in buying fractional shares versus whole shares? Uh, Just thinking in terms of investing in round dollar amounts as opposed to specific number of shares when buying
1: and selling stocks. If you could let me know, I would appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Okay, uh, is there a downside with buying fractional shares instead of buying, you know, like Amazon, you know, which is what, $2,000 a share? Can I buy a half a share of Amazon? And the answer is yes. Many brokers will allow you to do that. So what's the downside? Is there a downside? Well, it's mostly upside. The only small thing I can see as a downside is that trading on the exchange, you're trading full shares. So what? What's happening is someone in between you and the floor of the exchange, the trading desk, someone is in between, and it's most likely the brokerage firm that you're dealing with, and they own a whole share, and they're willing to sell you half of a share, the fractional share. Okay, so why is that a negative? Because they own those shares. They might have bought them... Ten minutes ago, five minutes ago, a minute ago at a better price and offering you a little more expensive price for half a share. That's a, that's one of the downsides I think can, that could happen. And I am and I know that's not a big downsize, but it is a downsize. You may not get the best price. So, But I'm not sure of that either. I haven't seen any studies. This is fairly new phenomena, so I'm not sure of that. So I, I can't say that with all confidence, I cannot. Okay, good question though, about fractional shares. Now, this may be hard to believe, but we are already halfway through the second month of 2021, halfway through the first quarter of the year. And I know you want strategies to help you deal with the volatility. We're still gonna, I, I can't see us getting away with from volatility this year. We, I, I can't, I can't see it being very calm market's going to be pretty volatile in my opinion so there's you got you know volatility you got to learn to deal with it you got to learn to accept it it's okay volatility is actually good not bad everybody thinks you hear that the market's moving up and down, up and out no that's not a bad thing that's a good thing you know you don't want it to be controlled because then it will never you know, anyways we can get into that but so Don't worry about the volatility. Learn how to deal with it. Give me a call when ask about it if you want. 888-99-CHART is the number. Now, for today's trivia question, I will touch on a budget-straining subject. The cost of college tuition, how much was it in 1971 or earlier? My trivia question is coming up on the halfway point of the program. Now, how did the market do today? Well, it was kind of a mixed day. You know, I thought, you know, as I looked at it, I, at the market it goes up and down and round. The Dow ended up being up, uh, what, 27 points or so. The uh, NASDAQ was down, oh, 32 points. And the S&P was up, you know, pretty strong, really, comparatively speaking, 18 points. So, you know. Nothing, nothing big deal about it. It was a mixed market day, and it kind of started off that way. It stayed that way. At one point, it was all the indexes were up, but you know, nothing, nothing to worry about, nothing to be concerned about. Okay, um, so um, remember, you're driving the show, so wherever you want to go, we'll go. But, you know, I mentioned trivia question. The market, the market will probably. I don't think I think it's going to be pretty stagnant until either they pass the new spending package or until the next earnings season. That's what I think, because we're, the COVID vaccine spreading now is going to make a difference of what happens in the economy, and that's going to drive stock prices as well as government spending driving stock prices. Remember, our goal is always the same, always the same: financial freedom. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we'll work on this goal of financial freedom. Okay, but again, you drive the show. Your call is really needed. 888 99 chart.
0: The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's ready to talk with you. Call Talk 888-99-CHART.
2: Okay, 888-99-CHART is our number. We're going to talk to Diego in North Hollywood. How are you doing, Diego? Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it.
4: So i got a question for you about a private-owned company,
2: SpaceX. Privately-owned.
4: My buddy works for SpaceX. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, like, hey, is there a way that I can buy stock, you know, of SpaceX? And he kind of mentioned, like, hey, um, I know there's a way that I can sell you my stock. We'll just have to get, like, a notarized letter. How would I go towards doing that? And um, is that true? Like, can I do that?
2: You actually can do that. Uh, so, it's a awesome. privately-owned company in which some of the employees own stock in the privately-owned company. Right? That's mm-hmm. what you're saying. And it's SpaceX. Correct.
4: That is correct.
2: And mm-hmm. he's willing to sell you some of his shares. Correct. Okay. That is perfectly legal and doable. That happens all the awesome. time, in fact. So, it's not something mm-hmm. that super unusual. It's not. It's not common, but it's not super unusual either. Um. For instance, you know, Justin and I uh, invested money in a company um, privately, and they're still a private company. And so, you know, the the owner of the company sold us those shares. Now, the trick is you didn't have to evaluate the cost of the shares you're going to buy. Okay? So that's one issue. The other issue is, well, how do I take control of those shares? And he would probably have to go to his uh, his boss or whoever is in charge of those shares and ask how mm-hmm. he can sell them and you need to be sure that you get those shares in your name. Whatever you're buying. Not his name, your name. The shares. Okay. Okay? But yeah, it's very, very doable. Yeah. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. That's a very good question. Very good question. My focus point today, how to prepare for inflation in a post pandemic boom are we going to have a post-pandemic boom i think we are i think it's going to be pretty strong anyways um so that's going to be my focus point you know we're talking about all this government spending we're talking about you know (laughs) and we got a vaccine you know you know there's going to be a boom of some kind other topics i want to get to today if we can get to them um, did you hear about this new uh, new energy technology for uh, that British Petroleum and Chevron are investing in? Well, I want to talk about it. Nothing to do with oil. It's clean energy. No wind. We're not talking about wind. We're not talking about wind. We're not talking about wave energy. We're not talking about uh, um, you know panels electric from the sun. Nothing like that. Now I got your curious, curiosity up, don't I? Anyways, I want to talk about that. And what would cause a market fall? I think that's a pretty interesting topic and topic. And St. Louis Fed president. You know, remember there's twelve Federal Reserve districts, and they all have presidents of each one of those. Uh, this was this is James Bullard. He says the economy doesn't need more spending coming out of government. Isn't that interesting? That's interesting. I got three interesting topics here, I think. So I'm looking forward to your calls. So let's keep flowing. Let's move the show along. We have a lot of people on the voicemail, so we're going to get to them. 888-99-CHART.
1: Hey, this is Duncan from New York. Again, love your podcast. You guys do a great job. My question is not specifically about a certain stock, but I think this would help out all your viewers. What was one major lesson in your career where you learned a lot, for example, you thought this one stock would go all the way up because the financials made sense, the scenario made sense, but then you lost a lot of money. Why did that situation backfire? What did you learn from it? And did it help you not make that same mistake again just recently, hoping this would give some insight on the investing journey? Thank you very much.
2: Ooh, okay. I'll tell you, my worst mistake I ever made when it comes to investing, not necessarily in the stock market, but, and I have warned people against this, and that was investing money in a private partnership, a limited private partnership. I put in over $100,000, and this is way, I'm talking about, this is when I didn't have $100,000 to lose. I mean, I I had it, but I wasn't, that was my, you know, I didn't have a lot of money back then. Uh, this was probably going back 35, 40 years ago. Um, and I put $100,000 in a private partnership in New Jersey, in Atlantic City, when they first passed the law legalizing gambling, re-legalizing gambling. This was many, many years ago. And a couple years after that, my CPA said, for a tax advantage, I could reinvest in these rehabbing these old hotels, okay, uh, that were real old, but rehabbing them, you get big tax advantages, blah, 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 blah. Limited partner. The general partner took my money and other, other limited partner's money, borrowed against it because this is a mortgage they have on this property, and got millions of dollars and left the country with the money. We think it's organized crime that took it. Okay, so that started a five-year nightmare for me tax-wise. I lost 100000 bucks. Then the government came after me for tax dollars for borrowed money. Remember, you borrow money on a mortgage, and you walk from that, you could owe, that's money they gave you, the mortgage they gave you, and then you didn't use it for, the, for fixing up the land and turn that into a regular different guy. You ha- owe taxes on the money borrowed. So I had to pay taxes on money I never borrowed in addition to losing the $100,000. Thank you very much. That's why I say on this show, don't do limited partnerships. Stay away from private limited partnerships. Too dangerous. Okay, hey, that was my worst mistake. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. The calendar says 2021, and we know there will be many challenges this year. It's going to be an interesting, difficult year. I think it's going to be a good year, but it's not going to be all up. It's just not. So if you have questions, now is the time. Your participation is always necessary. 888-99-CHARTS.
0: Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com.
2: 888-99-CHART. We're going to go talk to uh, Brandon in Mill Valley. Brandon. Hi, uh,
4: Steve. Uh, great show as usual.
2: Thank
4: you. Uh, I'm interested in
3: POWW, what you think.
2: Okay. This is Powell, uh, P-O-W-W, AMMO, Inc., A-M-M-O, Inc., designs and manufactures ammunition products for law enforcement, Military, sports, shooting, and self-defense. It is a fairly small company, five hundred thirty million market cap. So that's pretty small. It's an eight dollar ninety-six cents stock price. So a nine dollar stock price, a little under. They don't make money. They made money uh, in like from nineteen ninety-six to nineteen ninety-nine, but in two thousand, but starting not that long ago, they started losing money. I don't get it. Uh, Uh, A few years ago, they started losing money. They're going to lose money uh, in this year, 17 cents a share. I'm not sure why that's happening. Uh, Sales have been increasing very nicely. I mean, we're up in uh, 1% to two to 300-plus percent per quarter, increasing sales. So you're thinking, and they don't have a lot of debt. My thinking is they should turn into profits, but they don't have profits yet. And they're going to repurch- repurchase 2% of their shares this year. Two. So it came out, a uh, new IPO, uh, not that long ago. Um, it wouldn't be for me because they don't make money, Brandon. I don't like it when these companies don't make money. And I, I think it will because the sales are doing well, but I just don't care for it. Plus, you know, this area of investment, um, you know, We're talking about self-defense and weapons and ammunition and stuff. That's been pretty popular with all these riots going on last year. So if that continues, it'll still continue to have great sales. Thanks for the call, Brandon. Appreciate it. My focus point today concerns the story how to prepare for inflation in a post-pandemic boom. So how do you do that? What are the things you should do? Well, I'm going to tell you, it's not that difficult. The first thing you should do is nothing, okay? Don't drastically change your approach, but keep a diversified portfolio with maybe adding some inflation safeguards, you know, some inflation-safe investments, okay? And those that's about all you should do. You shouldn't really make any dramatic changes at all because your portfolio should already be diversified. Diversified. It should already be there. So that's one thing you can do. Okay, Joe, so you can add some inflation winners and stocks that look like they will benefit from inflation if we have a... We have very, very low inflation. We don't have inflation yet. And some people think we won't have it. Some people think we'll have a lot. No one really knows. I think we're going to have more and more inflation. I don't necessarily think it's going to spike, but I think we're going to have inflation. And, you know, you can be very... Um, very conservative those those tips treasury inflation protected bonds if you want to be conservative those things you could do number two save for poor economic conditions but don't keep too much cash on the sidelines but prepare yourself for and the next recession there always is going to be one now modern modern theories out there say that um uh, because of the um activity of the federal government and the federal reserve recessions are going to be further uh, further apart and less deep whenever i read that kind of stuff i go oh gosh they're going to be wrong <laughs> because things things get out things can get out of control they don't have that as much control as people think but you should you should have some emergency cash always on the sidelines Prepare for that rainy day when it comes. Uh, remember that not all inflation harms your wallet. So don't try to overreact. A small, short, small, slow inflation is actually good. I would argue that it's good. As long as it's controlled and it's small. The opposite is much more difficult to deal with, meaning Deflation. Deflation is much more, you get a cycle of deflation, what happens is consumers in our society will start spending less and less and less because things get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper as deflation grows. And spending less and less and less harms the economy, causes more deflation, and it's a cycle. Just like an inflation cycle can get, you know. Do you remember the last years we had big inflation? That was in the 70s, early 80s. We haven't dealt with bad inflation since that long ago, so no one... No one remembers it, no one. Okay, for working people trying to achieve a secure financial future, the funding process for the children's college education is probably a pretty big problem. So as we go to break, here's my two-part trivia question. Looking back over time 100 years ago, how many students were enrolled in American colleges and what was the what has, what has been the cost? of college education in America over the decades. So after the break I'll give you the answer. For now my phone lines are always open 888-99 chart.
4: Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. I'm calling to ask your opinion on an ETF called XLI. What's your question?
3: 888-99 chart. Thank you as always for all that you do. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every
0: Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions.
2: 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Give me a call. Ask any financial questions you want. Before the break, I had a trivia question. Looking back over the last 100 years, how many students in American colleges were there 100 years ago and how many there are now? And what has been the cost of college over the decades? Okay, so in 1919, there were an estimated 590,000 students, 600,000 students. Today, 20 million, 20 million students. Now, there is limited information on the cost of colleges in the 1960s. You know, so we had to start like in 1963, 64, and the average student paid equivalent of about $9,800. In 2017, inflation adjusted tuition to, for room and board, tuition fees and room and board. 2017, how about 23000 that was four years ago. So, 71, 72, it was about 8700 Now, I graduated in college in 74, 74, and that um, and was much cheaper than that because I was a, I was a, a student here in Southern California, and then I went to a state college because that's all I could afford, and uh, it's pretty much, it was pretty much free. But when I went back east, when my first real job for an insurance company, they would pay for free education if we wanted to do that. So I went to NYU and Seton Hall, and it was expensive. I could have never afforded that if the company didn't pay for it. Okay, uh, 71 to 72, it was 8700 Nineteen eighty-one, eighty-two 1981, 82 is 7900 so it went down. 90, 1991, 92, it was 10000 2000 to 2002, $12,820. Uh, 2017, the private college tuition fees, room and board, $48,000. So the cost has accelerated in recent decades, recent couple of decades. Accelerated big time, big time. So what if you have more than one kid? What if you have three kids who all want to go to college? You got 150000 bucks, And that's not the high-end colleges, trust me. Much more high-end colleges. Okay, let's pick up another caller question. As you probably know, if you call between the hours of 4 and 5 Pacific time, we can do your question live. Before that, and we have it on our voice bank, and you, we will try to get to it as fast as we can. The number is always the same, 888-99-CHART.
1: Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Vince from Orlando. I've got a question regarding 401 allocation. Previously on an episode, Steve had mentioned to have, when you're under 40, to have 25% for small-cap growth or value, 25% for mid-cap, 25% for large-cap growth, and 25% in international. But my 401k features some retirement funds, like retirement for 2060, 2055, 2050. Just wondering, what do I do with those? Do I invest in those if those are my targeted retirement date? Appreciate the insight. Thanks.
2: Yeah, those are called target dated funds and they're most often offered in 401ks. And, it, and what they are is they, they're mutual funds buying mutual funds. They're a fund of funds, okay? Uh, usually the the, the the target date fund is low cost because there's additional cost when they buy the fund because that also has a, a fee, and target dates automatically allegedly get more conservative, get closer and closer to target date, and I don't care for that because it's automatic and you don't have to think about anything, and the mutual fund industry loves it, but for you people, you individuals, I don't think that's a great idea, because as what they do when they say they're getting conservative, they're buying bonds, so you're buying bond funds. And i don't care for bond funds i don't mind bonds owning them directly and what if they're are they buying short-term long-term bonds uh, what kind of bonds high quality low quality you don't know you don't know because they it's a targeted fund you don't know what its makeup is most people don't i don't like that i don't like that unknown if the target is very far away they're investing in mostly index funds Okay, 888-99-CHART is the number, 888-992-4278. So, okay, British Petroleum and Chevron, uh, you know, are investing in a new energy source, okay? It's a renewable energy source. It's it's geothermal. Now, that is not, can't say that's new, but you have, it used to be geothermal was only in those places where, you know, there's hot gases and water and stuff coming from the ground, bubbling up. This is different. New technology, and this new technology has been coming, uh, has been developed because of fracking. I know everybody hates fracking and all that wonderful stuff, but the technology with fracking—remember—they drill down and then they go sideways and then they crack the oil-rich shell down there and they suck up the oil. Well, that technology of drilling down, and going sideways. They've now been able to make a loop out of that. So it comes all the way full circle back up. And they put pipes all along there. And they drill down three miles or so. And it's really hot down there. And there's a company called Eavor. Eavor is out of Canada. E-A-V-O-R, which is not public, I don't think. Has a system where they can they drill down. You can drill anywhere because the ground gets hotter and hotter as deeper you go. You'll make and then have that as a loop system, and when that hot liquid, because they'll put liquid in the pipes—water, I don't know what it is—they didn't mention in the article—that comes up hot, that generates electricity. Probably hot turns into steam, and steam turns into turns a turbine, and there you got electricity. And the thing is that it's scalable, meaning you can make a small one or a big one of one of these. Uh, generally, le- le- electricity generating systems. It's very dependable. It's very clean. So I thought that was a pretty smart idea. And notice that Chevron and British Petroleum are investing. You don't think other big oil companies are going to do the same? Of course. You don't have to wait for wind. You don't have to. Yeah, you, know, you don't have to wor- worry about sun. You can put this in the most. You can put this in Seattle, where it's hardly any, where it's cloudy a lot, because it's not relying on that. I think that's a great idea. New technology. Let's go to Jordan and Dana Point. How you doing, Jordan? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for the call.
1: Excellent. Yeah, just uh, wondering if Target is a good company to buy, and if so, uh, what's good buy point?
2: Okay, Target. I thought you, Jordan, I have a nephew who's Jordan Is like 21, 22, and he lives in Dana Point. <laughs> so I thought he had a Zoom <laughs> call on me. But that's not Oh, me. no. I wish this is Target 22. Corporation. I like Target. I, I like I like Target, Walmart, Costco, Dollar Tree, all those. I kind of like them quite a bit. Don't, we don't own Target. We own a couple of them. Uh, operates 1,868 Target stores, super Target stores, uh, city Target stores. Um, so their stock is $190 a share. They're going to make $9.19 this year. Next year, $8.71. So we are going to have a big year this year, and then it's going to fall. The growth rate has been picking up, and I'm sure a lot of it is COVID-related, and Target has – An answer to Amazon, the competition coming out of Amazon. They do have an answer. They have an online presence that seems to be working. And uh, so they're growing 20% this most recent quarter. Before that was 25, before that was 11. Before that, they were always growing in the single digits. We're talking about sales growth. So now they picked up. But, man, you're going to have to pay big bucks for Target. I mean, it's an, eight, an $8.70 share, $190 stock. So, so you're paying in the you know, 22, 23, 24, maybe 25 PE. And that's expensive, You know, unless the company can keep that growth up, which I don't think it can, Jordan. I really don't. I love the company. Don't get me wrong, but it's just pricey at this point. So I would wait for a big pullback before I would consider it. I do like the company. Jordan, thank you for the call, appreciate it. TGT is Target Corporation, that's the symbol everybody. Okay, um, we keep moving fast, I want to, so I can fit another voice bank question here. This came in earlier, 888-99-CHART.
0: Uh, hi there, I have a question regarding DAFs, donor-advised funds. I've worked hard all my life, I've accumulated uh, sufficient cash for retirement, and I'd like to think about uh, charitable contributions. And one of those brought to my attention was the DAF. I think Fidelity and Schwab Vanguard have a program to allow that, but wonder if you had any thoughts, advice, suggestions on uh, on utilizing that for charitable gifting. Thanks so much, and I'll listen for your answers.
2: Yeah, I know they've come out with more and more of these types of investments. and. Really, it's a way for you to give money away and give away in the form of stocks you know that you don't have to sell. You get the tax write-off. You don't have to pay the taxes, the capital gains or anything else on that. And I'm not totally familiar with all the ins and outs, but I kind of like the, I, the concept of if you have plenty of money, this is the downside. You've got to make sure you have plenty of money to retire comfortably on before you start giving it away. That's the downside. But I like giving it away. I plan on giving away more and more of my own money, you know, over time. Um, And it's a good way, especially if you have a really huge appreciated item. See, normally you say, okay, well, I'll sell my stock and then I'll give that money, but then you gotta pay taxes on that stock. This is a way you can do it without doing that, without having to pay taxes on that asset so you know and the charity gets the full benefit instead of only part of the money they will get the, all the money so i kind of like this concept a lot i just don't know enough about it i'm steve peaser you're listening to invest talk and you are not alone in the month of january you are know, downloads you know we're at 29 million total downloads 30 million and we're running right around a million a month now so uh, we want to we want to say thank you to our to our listeners. This is what this spot is all about: just thanking people for listening to us, and we really appreciate you making the show successful and passing it, uh, passing the information along to other people so they can download and listen. Hopefully, they can get something out of it. Okay. Um, and it's worldwide, so wherever you are, you still you still can do it. You know, the Internet has made that very possible. Unfortunately, I can't manage money worldwide, but there are certain jurisdictions we can. Uh, but, you know, I just, Justin and I just want to thank you uh, for all the support. We really do. And, of course, you are welcome to call our KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California. We will help you. Anything financial will help you. We want to help you. I do. I really do. But now our phone lines are open, 888 99 chart.
0: Invest Talk is always made better when our listeners contribute their questions. Hi guys, Lee from
3: North Carolina here. I had a question about Stitch Fix, ticker SFIX.
0: So tell your friends and family members they can interact in real time. With Steve Peasley and Justin Klein during the Invest Talk live stream program between 4 and 5 p.m. Pacific time. Hey, Justin and Steve, this is Phil in
4: Washington, D.C. Love you guys. I've learned
0: so much. Or they can leave their questions anytime 24 7 in the Invest Talk voice bank.
4: Look forward to hearing
0: your answer on the podcast. Thanks. Remember, for live or recorded questions, the number never changes 888 99 Chart. Hello, my name
1: is Nathan. I'm from Ohio. I got a question about two positions. I currently own both of these. Uh, The first position is UNFI, United Foods. I purchased this position at about $10 per share. I was wondering, do you guys think that I should keep picking this up on dips? Does it have room to grow? My second position is SSL. Uh, It's an electric company out of South Africa, but it's traded on on the American Stock Exchange. Again, I I own quite a few shares of it. I picked it up at about $5 per share. Um, It's doubled that now. Uh, Same question. Do you think that I should just sell it and take my gains, or do you uh, feel that there's some room to grow? Thank you guys very much for the podcast. You guys have created a lot of wealth for me, and I appreciate
2: it. Bye. Okay, I'm going to take one, the first one, United Natural Foods. I can only do one, guys, so when you call, calling, just give me one. Two is too difficult because I have got to change all the software around. And, you know, it takes too much time. So United Natural Foods, Inc., UNFI, is a $1.5 billion company. It's making $3.15 this year, dollars, $3.20, $3.20 next year. This year it's up 200% from the year before, so it really had a great year. This year, meaning uh, you know, I, I don't, I can't ever tell exactly when their financial year starts. I assume it's the end of the year, but that's not necessarily so. It's a twenty-seven dollars stock and, and make three dollars and twenty cents next year. That means it's under ten PE. Now, mind you, this stock has traded between three and fifty-six. So, what does it do? It distributes natural, organic groceries, produce, perishables, and other foods in the United States and Canada. So I like that area because it's a pretty, pretty uh, high-growth area. This company's been growing. Uh, most recent quarter, only grew 6%. Before that, it was flat. Before that, it was 35%, 24%, 21%. So it's kind of flattened out recently. Um, now, this is my problem with, with this. It's probably fairly priced because the sales growth has slowed way down. It's going to have trouble maintaining that. You know, there's going to make three dollars this year, three twenty. Uh, it's going to be hard to maintain that high, that high of a return. So I, I don't. I'm, I'm a little bit worried. It might be peaking out. That's what I'm thinking. UNFI. Remember, groceries, grocery stores, groceries. The whole industry does not have a huge profit margin. They just don't. On the next invest talk. A Bank of America study has found that more than 90% of investors believe the economy will be stronger this year. Give me a call, 888 992
0: This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume, because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Sam calling from
1: Dallas. I wanted to actually ask about this stock, TTCF, which is Tattooed Chef. It's a company in food industry, I believe, something like Conagra or Kraft Foods, and uh, it looks to be a growth stock. I see that it's uh, having its products like on the shelves of Target and Kroger and a few other stores. So I wanted to just see what your take is. I want to take a position in this stock. Give me your thoughts, please. TTCF, Tattooed Chef. Thank you.
2: Well, I wouldn't buy it. I would not. TTCF, Tattooed Chef, Inc., Manufactures plant-based prepared foods and ingredients in California and Italy. So, non-meat type foods. So, uh, are they growing? Well, they don't. Uh, they, it's fairly new. Uh, they're going to lose money. They lost money last year. They made $0.16 the be this most recent year, $0.16. Cents, and then next year, they're going to make $0.09 cents a share. It's a $24 stock. I don't have the figures on sales. I don't have a lot of figures. I only have the earnings. And it's a $1.6 billion company. It's going to make $0.09 cents next year per share. That a $24 stock. OK, that's way too expensive, way too expensive. Yes, I understand that plant-based foods are getting very popular. And they, this company offers uh, these ingredients in California and Italy. Why those two countries? I'm not sure. Uh, one, I mean, California and Italy, not California and the rest of the United States. California and Italy, that I don't get. Uh, so it's not. This is not something for me. It's too too speculative. So I I wouldn't care for it. Okay. Okay. Well. Um, What could cause the stock market to fall? The market's held up really good. It held up, you know, it bounced really good from that low we made from COVID last March. And it's held up very well since then. Okay, and it's holding up the last few months, waiting for that next spending package. It's expecting that. It's expecting the uh, the COVID vaccine to spread and expecting the world to recover. The market is expecting all that. So what would make the stock market fall? Now, I think one of the things that could be a problem is, have you noticed that the bond, the bond, U.S. Treasury bonds and the bond market has dramatically increased in their yields? 10-year Treasury went from 0.6% per year paying that, that kind of dividend yield or that yield bond yield to now like 1.2% a year, almost doubled in yields. That could cause the stock market to go down. Why? The stock market competes for money, and the only place to be in recent years is the stock market to try to make any money. But if bond yields keep going up, some money is going to go back to bonds. Where's that money come from? It's got to come from somewhere. Comes out of the stock market. If it comes out of the stock market, what's that do to prices for stocks? So that's a possibility. These are just possibilities, okay? And I'm not saying there are huge possibilities, but I can see that happening. Another thing could happen. Okay, we, we, we all experience, you people listening to me experience GameStop. You know what happened there, right? Shorting, speculative, high, high speculative on the stock and shorting the stock and cause all kinds of disruptions, right, for that stock. What if that increases? What if that type of activity increases and the market starts to gyrate out of control, and everybody start panics one day. I can see that happening. I can see that happening. So I think there's, those are two, I think, real possibilities this year. Now, will it destroy the stock market? No. I'm just saying it's going to make a pretty rocky road. It can do that. So lots of volatility, as I said at the opening of the show. Expect volatility. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening and encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our show. It's a free podcast that you can download it anytime. We post a new program each weekday shortly after the end of our live stream podcast. So, well of course, which includes five, you know, it concludes at 5 p.m. West Pacific time. So, get your free downloads, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and of course, investtalk.com. And be sure to review and rate us, rate the show. You would like that. Independent thinking, share success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody.
4: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically.